Hey everyone, welcome back to Sprint Race. My name is Emma Ridgeway and today we are going to be talking again about the brand new Formula E season. First off, if I sound a little bit bunged up today, well, that's because I am. And that's partly why this episode is a little bit late as well. So please don't mind the fact that I sound like I'm underwater. Um, I do all this for the fun of it. And believe me, this is more fun than battling the cold that I've had. And whilst it has been extremely and unpleasantly cold here in the UK, one place where it hasn't been that cold, or at least during the day, was Saudi Arabia. And that's where rounds two and three of the brand new Formula E season took place. Now, Rio has been quite a popular Formula E track, and it certainly has been the home of some memorable overtakes over the last few years. Anyone remember the Mortara move? And I said it was warm during the day. That's because at night, which is actually when the race takes place, the temperature drops dramatically. One of my favorite things is that it is a night race. And I, for one, would love to see more night races in Formula E. I think the cars look even more fantastic than they do during the day. I think it adds a whole other level of challenge for the drivers, particularly when it comes to the tyre temperature. There were a lot of different factors that contributed to this, but there were a fair number of, should we say, off moments where some drivers either couldn't make the corner or just simply went straight into the wall. This could be for a whole host of reasons, but I definitely think that keeping the tyres up to temperature played a part. Therefore, for me, it adds excitement, plus the fact that it looks fantastic as well. And that drone show at the beginning was pretty incredible as well. So I'm all for more night races in Formula E. Coming off the back of an exceptional opening race in Mexico City, Ridia was the first double header of the season. Now, I like when we do have double headers. I'm glad that it isn't every weekend, but at tracks where it is quite easy to make a mistake, as I was saying earlier, with it being a night race, colder temperatures, a little bit of a slippery track because they redo the asphalt in Ridia every year. One tiny little mistake can ruin your entire race weekend. But if there's a double header, then essentially you have a bit of a reset. You get to come back again and essentially do the entire day again, but this time you're a little bit better off in terms of strategy and understanding of the track. That to me means a better second race, and I think that's what we got in Ridia. But the weekend ultimately belonged to one driver and one powertrain manufacturer as well, and that was Pascal Verlein in the Porsche. Just a side note on the Porsche first, They've had an astonishing start to the season with three wins out of three for cars that are using their powertrain. First in Mexico City with Jake Dennis in the Avalanche Andretti and then Pascal Verlein winning both races in Ridia for the Porsche team. And not only that, Jake Dennis getting on the podium again for Avalanche Andretti for both of those races as well. Before this weekend, Pascal Verlein had only won once in Formula E. 
technically he had crossed the line in first position uh, twice, but he was disqualified in uh, 2020 uh, in the race in Mexico. But he did go on to win a couple of years later in 2022. And of course, has now gone on to triple his winning tally uh, after winning both races this weekend. The thing that I found most impressive, particularly for race two, was that both Jake Dennis and Pascal Verlein uh, didn't make it through to the duels. Afterwards, they talked about the fact that they need to work on their braking, but that they had confidence when it came down to the race. Jake Dennis, who started in P11, made it up to P2. Verlein started P9 and went on to win the race. But as I said about double race weekend, there's the opportunity to try and understand some of the things that didn't work in the first day. And it looked like that worked because for race three on the Saturday, both Dennis and Verlein made it through to the duels, qualified in P5 and 6 respectively. I think if what Jake Dennis said pre-race was true about the braking and the optimization in qualifying, then if they can tackle that, if Avalanche Andretti can tackle that and the same with Porsche as well, I think both Pascal Verlein and Jake Dennis could be our title contenders for this year. And I know I'm saying that after just three races and we have a long way to go, but the way that those cars carved through the field and with far more energy left on their cars than the drivers around them. At one point when the energy remaining was revealed, Pascal Verlein had a 3% up on the immediate drivers around him, which was astonishing. On the flip side of that, the Neil McLaren, which has had a pretty, I'd say, impressive start to the year, might be feeling a little bit disappointed after this weekend. Jake Hughes, who is the rookie for this year, has managed to get into the semi-finals of the duels every single race so far, including pole position on Saturday. But during the race, they don't seem to have the energy optimization as some of the cars around them. In fact, Jake Hughes, who started on pole, nearly didn't make it to the end of the race. The only reason that he actually made it over the line was because Poor Mitch Evans, who was trying to overtake him for the final three laps, got stuck behind him as they went round the final corner and actually pushed him over the line. Sebastian Buemi managed to come round the outside and pip the position from Evans completely. So clearly with the Neon McLaren, they have the qualifying pace, they have the brake optimization to get through to the, to the duels and actually you know, get on pole as well. But during the race, I think they could use attack mode a little bit better. I, I feel like a lot of teams are using it either too early or too late. And in the case of when there's a, a safety car near the end, everyone is bunched up again and you know that you've got to use an attack mode. As soon as you do, you're just going to go backwards. And that's what happened to a couple of the drivers, including Sam Bird in the Jaguar, who had an amazing uh, first race on the Friday. So it is early days. I, I get that. There is you know, a couple of strategic changes, a little bit of fine tuning that needs to happen with some of the teams that I think will be extremely competitive, like the Jaguar, like the Neon McLaren, and even Andretti and Porsche. All four of those teams have something to work on right now. But in my mind, the Porsche powertrain is doing extremely well, at least on the two tracks that we've been to. Given that India, which is our next 
race is a brand new circuit. It'll be interesting to see whether, you know, the heat affects it, whether we're expecting any rain at all or anything like that. But at the moment, it looks as though Pascal Verlein and Jake Dennis are in the strongest positions. You know that I like to keep this podcast deliberately short, and that means that there is always a topic that I miss. And this week, it is unfortunately the DS Penske team. I could probably make an entire episode about why I'm so disappointed that they're not up there. I think they were barely mentioned this weekend and that devastated me. I'm a big fan of Jean-Eric Verne and Stoffel van Dorn, two amazing competitors with three Formula E championships between them. And I said I wouldn't talk about it and yet here I am. That's how frustrated I am that they're not up there. So with that in mind, the next race in the Formula E calendar is Hyderabad in India, a brand new city, a brand new track, but an amazing city as well. I hope that the crowds turn out and I hope that the atmosphere is amazing and I hope that the racing for those crowds is as good as it has been for these first three races. But that is all for Formula E. Quick note on the Formula One launches. Now, we know that the first two weeks of February are usually the uh, launch dates for the new Formula One cars. Now, I would normally do an episode on them, particularly if there's something interesting with the design of the cars, the aerodynamics. But in recent years, it's become a little bit more of a livery launch. And so I might do perhaps a TikTok uh, ranking some of the liveries. But unless we can actually see something interesting in the designs of these cars, i.e. Ferrari bathtub side pod circa 2022, I probably won't do a full podcast episode on it. But uh, as with the Formula E race in Hyderabad on the 11th of February, I will do an episode straight after that. So until next time, as always, thank you very much for tuning in.